It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here as always and of course we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with no review but a midweek preview general chat kind of thing I guess maybe later in the week this will be going on a Friday so you all know what I mean but regardless of that typically for these we would do an opposition preview heading into obviously what would be Fulham on Saturday but we're doing it a little bit differently we just have some of our usual panelists on with me so we're just going to kind of generally chat about Villa heading into Fulham see how we feel talk about a little bit about the injury crisis and all that fun stuff but without further ado I do have Mr. Dom Phillips and Sebastian Bacon with me as well so Dom we'll start with you how's it going with you? Yeah, it's good, got good cold, good to be with you. It feels like the last time we spoke, we were sort of riding the highs of one of the victories. I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Arsenal or something like that, but we were definitely in a really buoyant mood. And it feels like since then, we haven't really hit those same heights that we were optimistically talking about. Are we in the title race? Are we this? Are we that? Um, I think expectations and hopes have simmered down a little bit since then, but it's 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 been a, it's still been a really exciting season to be a fan. So uh, good to be back. Absolutely. And maybe we figured out why Villa have been losing because I think literally the last time um, you were on is when we were just in, you're correct in saying those feel good vibes. So hopefully now that Dom is back, Villa go on a beaten streak for the rest of the season and we're all happy go lucky. Again, Seb looks at at me with a bit of uh, questioning and a little bit of concern with me saying that maybe I jinxed something, but nonetheless, Seb, how's it going for you? (laughs) <laughs> I was honestly I was just staring off into the distance so I'm making the wrong impression yeah yeah as per usual um but no it's it's, it's nice to be back um are we are we playing a game today by any chance have you got one lined up no I do not oh, I'd have never said yes otherwise <laughs> but no, it's nice to be back and um hopefully I'm looking forward to the start of a few runs where Villa can put together some wins Absolutely. Well, hopefully not everyone just tuned out because we're not playing a game. And just a reminder to those that are listening to this, the game will be for, well, typically and traditionally we upload every Monday. So that will be strictly for those just to keep it um, a little bit more balanced. And I know these kind of midweek later kind of in the work week podcasts, um, we try to do a little bit quicker and can kind of be maybe a little bit more missed by people because they're of their work schedule. So we'll uh, hopefully try to maximize that with the folks near the end of the week and slash the uh, Monday upload. But anyways, let's dive right into it. Dom, I'll, I'll come right back to you. And I mean, like all of us have been discussing since the start of the year, it's been very topsy turvy. There's been plenty of injuries to go around, especially to anyone that plays in the central defensive position. Of course, Diego Carlos is now out for an unknown amount of time until I guess the scans are done and it's officially reported throughout the media. But 
How are you feeling about Villa lately and especially heading into Fulham on Saturday? I think I feel quite frustrated, to be honest. Um, I feel, I mean, the last game that I went to was the Chelsea at home FA Cup game. And I remember coming away thinking there's something really wrong at the moment. It was really, it was a really strange performance. Um, but I, I sort of fancied us to just, you know, come up, come back against Man United at home and really be up for the occasion. And I thought we matched that with the performance, maybe not in the first like 20 minutes before the goal, but especially for the majority of the first half, I'd say. And obviously throughout the second half as well. We were by far the better team and deserved to be three or four up probably. And I think on any other day, we'd probably win that game by that kind of margin. And and if that and if that happens, then we're still comfortable in the Champions League places. Man United are uh, 11 points behind us or whatever it would have been. And despite the sort of wobbling performance, I don't think we put in the same level of performance since, you know, Arsenal City kind of days now um, for a while. But I also think that there should be a level of tempering expectations, not least because if I don't think we're going to play as well as we did against Man City every week, because if we did, we'd be the best team in the world because no team's done that to Man City, what we did. That's a fact. For Arsenal, we defended just incredibly for that entire game. And again, you can't expect that. And then you throw into the mix the ridiculous amount of injuries that we've had um, throughout. And, you know, the January window bringing in Morgan Rogers, he's still being blooded in, letting Leander Dendonka go, leaving that midfield area slightly short. Um, although he wasn't really getting many minutes anyway. The point that I'm trying to make is that we haven't really had that kind of rhythm, that kind of regularity that we've had since the early season for a little while now, and that's probably going into our performances. But in terms of where we are, to be, you know, to be a Villa fan frustrated with recent performances and slightly annoyed with recent results and maybe feeling a little bit hard done by in a couple of games as well, to still be fifth at this stage of the season is something that, and of course, from top of the Europa League, uh, the Conference League group, by the way, is something that you would have been so delighted with at the start of the season. So there's, I don't think there's much to complain about, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's very true. And Sam, well, I'll word this one differently because I know you've been on some of the, the chatter we've had over the last few weeks about injuries and all that kind of stuff, but... Now that now that I'm even thinking, I don't think we discussed Kamara on the previous Sunday because that would have probably been announced before that came out. So keep in mind that, and of course Diego Carlos now too. I mean, with the injuries, what are your kind of expectations for the rest of the season? Because I think at some point we all have to kind of take stock of it. I know, um, I mean, personally, I had a, a tweet that did very well lately. Um, I don't know why, but I just kind of listed a lot of the injuries or ones that were significant for like at least a month or so to Villa season. Um, a lot of people saying it put a lot of things into context and maybe it kind of helped reevaluate where they think the rest of the season is going to go. I mean, I've got some Arsenal United and Chelsea fans in there, even some Newcastle ones saying I'm this, that and the other and suck it up and all that stuff. And you get injuries all the time, but I mean, you can say fair enough, but you also have to put in context the players that are injured. And I mean, these are all massive misses when you look at the likes of, like I said, Carlos, Kamara. I mean, we can go all the way back to Bundy and Mings. And um, how great was it, of course, to see today that Mings was back around Bodymore kind of training and in, around, in amongst the group, I should say. So what do you kind of make of the whole injury situation? And like I said before, how do you evaluate the rest of the season? Yeah, it's difficult. It's it's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, I think for any club, when when one of your best players gets injured, it's it's difficult 
that it, it seems to have, I know there's no good time for a player to become injured, but for Villa, every single one has seemed like the worst possible timing. Um, Buendia and Mings obviously going off first game of the season. And then just as we're, we're looking to build and we're looking to progress into the new year. Suddenly Kamara goes, Konza goes in the, um, as well in the space of a week. And then Carlos just a few days later. So, you know, it's it's a bit like London buses, isn't it, really, without sounding too too sort of boring. They all come at once. Um, poor timing. And I, I'm just really disappointed for them because it feels as though we haven't been able to see our strongest team yet this season. And to be saying that nearly mid-February seems almost mind-blowing at this point. Um, but Emery is a big stickler to to never make excuses and to never you know, have that as his topic of discussion. So I feel like in terms of the rest of the season, we've just got to see where it goes. We've got to we've got to make sure that we put ourselves in a position. I don't know without sounding too Steve Brucey, if we're there or thereabouts come the come the final run in, then, you know, I think that's all we can really hope for now. Um we've just got to keep supporting them every game um and recognize that it's it's not it's not going to be easy at all, um, but if we if we put ourselves there with the performances and also the character, you know the players that come in. How many times did we say it last season where Dendonka came in and and really performed? Now obviously he's out on loan, so we'll have to we'll have to call upon some other players. But I feel like this is a squad where if Emery trusts you to come in chances are you're going to perform and you're going to look comfortable. So it's ju- it's just a matter of time now, waiting and seeing. Absolutely. And, and Dom, I just kind of thought about this now, but maybe to help put it all in a bit of context, it doesn't feel like it was too long ago early on in the season where a lot of Villa fans weren't too sure on the early stages of Pod Torres's Villa career and thought maybe it would take him half a season. Obviously, we're all very clearly wrong. And I mean, for a very good sample size and of reasoning in order to exemplify that. So I only bring that up to really say, you look at the injury crisis and who we're missing. Well, there is a period where some people didn't even want Torres in the starting 11 at the very early stages, and we were still winning games. And of course, it looks like he'll most likely come in now that Carlos is out and that will be two left-footed center backs. And like I said, pre-recording, it's ironic because a lot of people um, were disgusted at that idea in the preseason. But again, it's a reality and we're all happy (laughs) in terms of um, what we have to deal with at this moment in time. But when you look at kind of the defensive line as a whole, I know people have diverse opinions on Matty Cash. I feel like Longley has been honestly very good in terms of what we should be getting out of him now in terms of the expectations between him and Torres, I think are really unfair, but he's done very well. I mean, Luca Dean coming back and of course, Moreno finally having two left backs as an option there actively. What do you kind of make of the defensive line going forward? Because I feel like, especially for this Fulham or the, yeah, for this Fulham game, at least in the fullback position, we look I would say 95% healthy. I guess you could discount maybe saying that Konza would be the second option as the right back. But what do you make as the back line as a whole kind of heading into this one? I think it's an interesting one. Um, There's been a lot of writing about it, right? So, you know, I think it's interesting that you talk about Matty Cash because whenever Matty Cash plays, the way that Villa play changes as opposed to when we play Ezri Konza. When Cash plays, he goes further forward and Kamara goes outside to fill the position. That's sort of what happens. 
but then that's sort of yeah, that's that, that's all what happens, right? Um, but then that leaves a hole in midfield, which is a problem. So that means that when Matty Cash plays, you're compensating by leaving a hole in midfield to allow him to go forward, which is where his strength is best suited. So not having concert is a problem in the sense he's a massive defensive leader. Pau will hopefully start, but we don't know. We don't know how fit he is. I would rather that we wait, to be honest. Um, the key thing is just getting him as fit as possible and getting him as ready as possible. Um, Diego Carlos is someone that needs rhythm and regularity, like a lot of players. You know, you look at a look at. I think the best example for a lot of players to look at is a Leon Bailey or a Yuri Tielemans. The more minutes that Tielemans has played for us, especially when Villa are playing better as well, the better he's looked. You look at Leon Bailey and how long it's taken him to settle, but now he's probably been one of, if not our best player this season, in my view. Um, so there are a lot of problems that in the defensive line in terms of how how are they going to shape it up. Are you missing your key leaders, the kind of linchpins of the defence? Obviously, they've made do without Tyrone Mings so far. Um, he looks like he's making some kind of return to training or involvement with the first-team squad in a greater capacity than before, but I would expect it'll be a while before he's back. So, immediately moving forward, I think we're probably slightly fortunate that we have, we're not playing a big team for another three or four weeks. And I don't mean disrespect to our opponents coming up, but it feels like games that we should be winning, but in that way, that adds pressure. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But at the end of the day, if your fifth choice centre-back is 150k a week, 100 plus appearances for Barcelona, multiple appearances for France, and you're talking about maybe bringing Callum Chambers into the team or Pau Torres if he's fit, and you've got Moreno and Dean you're about, and Cash, who's a very dependable fullback, it's not great because it's not what Emery wants. And if Emery doesn't get what he wants out of the players that he has on the pitch, and that makes our style of play harder to implement, it makes it easier to score against. But it isn't it isn't a complete calamity, in my view. It's just really frustrating because there are moments, but it's not a it's not a complete panic station somehow anyway, I don't think. As much as I get what you're saying, I would be inclined to slightly disagree, Dom, in the fact that <laughs> I feel like if you take away any clubs four starting centre-backs, you know, panic stations would be hit at most Premier League clubs, if not all, to be honest. Adding into that the fact that Dinya, okay, he wasn't our starting left-back going into the summer, but had cemented that place almost as his own so far this season. Um, you know, that's that's five of your, your top four defence suddenly not there. So, it's going to hinder performances. It's going to hinder, obviously, results. Um, so in in that regard, I would say it is almost, you know, a, a big calamity, but a calamity that is obviously out of our control and one that we we can't almost help or or force. So, I, I mean, as much as I get what you're saying, that I can see the swing the other way where people would go, well, hold on a minute, you've got you've got five starting defenders out that that would be almost cause for concern yeah I think it's definitely cause for concern I think what what I'm trying to say more what I maybe didn't make more of first of all the Torres playing makes a massive difference because he's probably our best defender outside of concert but while it, it, it is panic stations but I do think we're better prepared than a lot of teams are um we're not in the position of having Emerson Royale and Ben Davis playing centre-back I don't. I, I think it'd be interesting to see what fans think about that. About whether they'd rather have Emerson Royale and Ben Davis, or 
Pau Torres and Clement Longley or even Callum Chambers and Clement Longley play at centre back. That's going to be interesting. Um, but the 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 issue, and I think you're right in pointing it out, the issue is about how differently these players will implement Emery's style of play in terms of playing out from the back, in terms of defending against counter-attacks. Because we've been conceding much softer goals recently, and that's definitely been related to the defenders that have been playing as opposed to our first choice. So it is a problem. But I think what I'm trying to say is that we're better prepared than a number of other teams are for it. The only issue then is the way that we play is quite bold and how will the defence that's changing every week because one person's injured and one person's coming back and they're not happy with this and now Dean is back. How How is that lack of rhythm and regularity going to play out? Probably not well, but we'll see. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. And so I'll come to you this one. I mean, when you look at the midfield now with Kamara being out and now there's that massive sized Carmarless hole and everyone's pointing to big Tim Rubunum. There I said it correctly. Applaud applauds to me for not butchering that for once. And I feel like I always have to take a big gulp when I say it, but I'm just gonna keep calling him big way, for simplicity sake. You took, you took a really concerned look at me as you realized you were gonna <laughs> die it. But anyways, everyone knows what I mean. But you sit back and you and you look at the expectations that some people have for him. What do you expect to kind of be done with the midfield now? Do you expect maybe McGinn to drop back? Do you see something else? Maybe a change in formation? I, I kind of, I've went from, it's it, it's interesting because I feel like I've went from maybe on like whenever Kamara was announced, was it the Monday or whenever it was? Um, I've went from like absolute doomsday to by the end of the day thinking, I don't know, maybe this is the opportunity to change the formation and tweak things a little bit. I mean, you look at last season, we weren't playing like this and things were kind of being slowly and methodically turned into Unai Emery system. Maybe some things change a little bit to kind of supplement some of those um, subtractions from the squad via injury. But where do you sit with the midfield as a whole? I think the only solution that I can see being plausible as one that Emery would want to take would be dropping McGinn further back and having Tielemans sit in the the number eight role, if you like, or the number 10 role, sorry, um, with Bailey and someone. Hold on, let me let me write this out. So we've got, we'd have Louise and McGinn sitting deeper and then we'd have Bailey, someone and Watkins, right? 
Telemans. Bailey Telemans Watkins. So well, and, then, and then Ramsey on the other side, yes. And then, yes. <laughs> yes. Unless you want to play with 10 men, that's up to you. <laughs> I, yes. I, I didn't think the maths was adding up. Yeah, so I, I think that is what it will probably be if Ramsey is, is match fit, which I think he will be since he started against United. Um, I feel as though Emery would be hesitant to put Tim or Chambers in there. However, if I was going to go for one, you know, I think we're slightly overlooking Callum Chambers. I get that he wouldn't be match fit. I get that he hasn't played much and I get that we wanted him to leave. However, this is a player that won Fulham's Premier League Player of the Year sitting in the same role as Kamara. So but it's Seb, not like... Seb, they also got relegated <laughs> when he was yeah, playing no, there. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's a solution, but I'm saying it's a viable option. It's not... Like people, people are saying, oh, you know, we're... Ha- if, if we were to do that, we'd be having to move him out of position and he'd be playing in an uncomfortable system that he's he's not done before. Like, this is a, a Premier League experienced player that has played that role for seasons gone by. So although I don't think it's the option and I would drop McGinn further back, it's, it's certainly cause for consideration, maybe? I think it's fair. I mean, Dom, I, I threw this out there maybe on the previous recording with... Uh... Tom and Seb, or, or maybe or Simon, sorry, maybe it was with uh, Tom, Seb, and Simon the week prior. I, I, I honestly cannot remember which recordings I've talked about what at this point. But I threw out the idea of trying to find places for both uh, Leon Bailey and Musa Diaby playing together on the pitch. Because we saw them against United for that eight minutes or whatever, they're on the pitch together. And there was some good link-up play, and there's clear chemistry, and of course there's proven history with their time at Leverkusen in the Bundesliga previously. Do you think maybe this is the opportunity to try that now with potentially McGinn having to drop back if if that is the preferred, I guess, idea from Emery to do that? I think possibly. I think as, as Seb sort of illustrated there, there's a lot of options that Emery can go with, how he's going to construct the midfield and the forward line with these injuries. If Diaby does play, you'd that would mean you assume that either Tielemans is going to sit next to Louise or McGinn is, and the other one is going to go out in the more advanced position of the two. So you're like, it's going to, basically what I'm saying is one of Tielemans or Ramsey would drop to the bench in order to accommodate Diaby. And there's a lot of school of thought to say, well, at the moment you don't do that, especially considering Ramsey's performance against Man United, which while he was frustrating in front of goal, he was making so many things happen in a way that we haven't seen him do since last season, since his injury. Um, so that was encouraging in that regard. The thing, with the, again, and, and I've, I've made this podcast, this point on the pod about five minutes ago, but again, with Diaby, he's someone who quite clearly has the skill and the talent. We've seen it here. We've seen it in the Bundesliga. He just needs time. And t- he also needs time and he needs minutes. Look at how Torres, when he started, as you said earlier, Cole, a lot of people didn't want him in the team. And now he's like a key player. Tielemans as well was getting a lot of criticism when he didn't start that whole debacle about the interview he did in media as well, all of that criticism. But, you know, there is, and I think it relates to Seb's point about the Chambers versus Ibunum debate, which is how much do you prioritise giving people minutes and developing them for the team for next season versus how much do you just try and win games as much as you can this season? And what is the best choice in that moment? For example, Will Will Unai Emery, you know, in in terms of future planning, I wouldn't expect Callum Chambers to be around next season. So you'd be more likely to give the minutes to Timmy Boom to develop, right? But 
if you want to go with the Premier League dependable option, which is more likely to protect you with some more points, then you might go for Chambers. And it's a similar thing with Diaby. You know, you want to keep playing him and hoping that he gets out of this confidence rut. But at the same time, that's coming at the expense of a really fit and firing Telems or a really fit and firing Ramsey. And we sort of we're a team that's struggling to score a little bit at the moment. Um, so why not? You want you want to get your best possible ch- chances of scoring as many goals as you can. It's the Premier League. And Emery's talked about the importance of the Premier League and we've still got European competition. So I still think there's plenty of minutes to go around to be shared among these attacking options. But I've, in, in, if anything, it's just a time where I really hope Diaby can step up a little bit and pick, him, pick himself out of that rut that I mentioned that he's in because when he's in form, he's a tantalising prospect. And with how well Bailey's playing, the partnership that we saw blossoming between them in the early stages of this season that sort of promised so much, has the potential to explode, if not at the end of this season, then I think next season for us. So the sooner that can get going, the better. Absolutely. And Seb, I'll put it this way. I mean, I feel like this has probably been the theme of the podcast the whole time, but I think as a fan base, we need to accept the fact this isn't the villa of a few seasons ago where if we would have got two or three injuries... I mean, you're looking at not wanting to play certain players. I don't want to throw certain ones under the bus because I appreciate all their contributions in the past for Villa. But this is a team with a fair amount of depth and we have players that can play so many different positions. It's not the end of the world, is it? And I think that's kind of the almost the most important factor of this whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um I know a lot of people that would would see it differently. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, the only the only difficulty is is we were we we put ourselves in such a good position. The timing of the injuries, as I as I mentioned earlier, seems you know the worst timing possible. Completely um, derailed our season, but. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with what you said, and I don't. I don't really have much to add. I think you summed it up quite well. Well, it, it's just kind of one of those things where you sit back and you look at it, and I mean, it is depressing when you look at the the list of injuries and to who, but there's still games to be played, and they're going to be played. So we kind of have to wait and see what Emery does. And I mean, if you look at the rut he got us out of when we when he first came in last season to where we are now several of these players that are even still healthy and playing right now, either were a not even here yet massively out of form or <laughs> weren't even in the picture under um, Steven Gerrard. So I, I think there has to be context in that kind of way as well, but let's quickly just kind of chat about Fulham match here and then we'll uh, wrap things up. Cause I didn't want to make this too long of a one. We'll we'll try to keep these if we do them more often to the same kind of length and style um, as we would with the opposition previews. And we'll try to do some opposition previews as well when possible, when we can get guests on. But we still want to be able to provide some content for you guys heading into matches as well going forward. So just looking at Fulham's record, of course, they're sitting in 12th after 24 games. They have eight wins, five draws in 11 losses, uh, 39, sorry, 33 goals scored, 39 conceded. So that makes a minus six goal differential with 29 points. Of course, their last three games, they've won their last one, three, one against Bournemouth. Uh, previous to that, they drew all two all with Burnley. And I think it was a nil niller with Fulham as well. Yes, it was uh, previous to that, of course, in the league, they lost to Chelsea one nil for some context. And, Dom, I'll throw this your way. I mean, Fulham are 
I don't want to say a, a funny side and probably in terms of what their fans expect since coming up, they probably exceeded expectations because they've always been actually very comfortable since they've come back up this time in the Premier League. But how are you feeling about kind of this game at Craven Cottage on Saturday? And what do you think we should kind of expect from this one as a whole? The expectation should surely be to win. Um, while you say that Fulham have done well since they've come up, they definitely have. I still, I think they've been a little bit inconsistent this season. They're not quite as strong as they were. Obviously, the departure of Mitrovic has, has cost them a little bit, even though uh, Rodrigo Muniz, I think his name is, got two goals, I think, in their last game, the uh, striker that they've got. And they've got a couple of decent players, you know, especially Palina as well, who never went to Bayern in the end. So, you know, it, at the end of the day, when you're talking about going away from home in the Premier League, it's never going to be an easy game. It's it's really difficult, you know, especially after the Forest game. I'm really mindful of sort of coming and going, yeah, you know, it's routine because it it never is. Um, but equally, we also just beat Sheffield United 5-0 away from home, even though that feels almost like, it, it's really weird to say that, it feels like a bit of a weird result now, um, given sort of the general mood among some Villa fans, I think. But I'd like to sound optimistic for the game because... You know, especially considering if we're able to get these next three games, get a few a few wins under our belt, get some of the injured players back into the fold and build a little bit of rhythm and confidence going into that massive, you know, Titan Spurs at home game uh, next month. I think it's about I think it's a month today, actually, then that this is an ideal opportunity to start to build that kind of form back, I think. Yeah, it is. It definitely is a tricky one. And I mean, they're probably one side, Seb, where you look at them and think, I mean, you, you look at last season and this fixture was Steven Gerrard's last game um, as Villa boss. And we know what happened from there. Do you think this is a prime opportunity to start getting a little bit of run together? No disrespect to Fulham, Forest or Luton, the next three coming up, but it's a real, you, you look at those three in particular, and this is where Villa hopefully can make a real run of it, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, you'd like to think so. Um, from a personal point of view, um, I, I only have bad memories of Craven Cottage. <laughs> Feels as though every time I've been, it's it's been one disaster after the other. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my flatmates back into this. They've they've become somewhat Jesus infamous Christ. in the last few weeks, um, and they. They they think that we'll struggle on Saturday, Fulham Fulham away. They saw that as quite a tricky one for us. I know Simon and Tom are probably laughing wherever they're 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 watching this. But um, you know sometimes it's get it's good to get a, a neutral point of view, even if it is um idiotic most of the time. Um, I I do think it will be a difficult game though. Um, I would be I'd be heading into that one probably not expecting three points, but I don't know whether that is just because of the mood around the club at the moment with everything that's going on and how easy it can be to suddenly, you know, become downbeat and and go into games not feeling as optimistic, especially when we've just come off this high of what seemed like the last year where you expect to go into every game and you expect to be winning it. Um, but I, I don't know whether a point would be a horrific result for us. Um, Obviously, Fulham, like Don mentioned very well, they're not as good as they were last season and they've struggled at times. Um, however, they do still pose a threat. Um, so all in all, I, I think it'll be a good game, but I, I can see it being a very, very tight game. Yeah, and I feel like I'm just looking back quickly. I feel like Fulham have only lost like three games um, since the start of October at Craven Cottage. So they have a, a, a pretty strong record at home, you'd have to say. I know there's obviously a little bit of gaps in times in terms of um, FA Cup fixtures and stuff like that and 
bye weeks and stuff too. So keeping that in the context when we'd think there'd be more games than there actually has, but it's still a very impressive record. And I mean, let's, let's do a little bit of a, a quick quiz. Of course, the last time that uh, Villa won at Craven Cottage was the 3-0 on September 28th, 2020, the behind closed door season, where, uh, of course, the three goal scorers on those days, Dama, I'll give you the first one to guess, name one of the three goal scorers on that day. On a higher hand. Okay, correct. Seb? Don't mind. Um, Ming's, Ming scored, didn't he? Correct. And okay, uh, Dom, you can wrap it up. Jack Grealish was the other one. Correct. There we go. Jack Grealish scored in the fourth minute, Connor Hurrahan in the 15th, and Tyrone Mings in the 48th. And I mean, it's not that long ago we've won there, of course, and they were in a lot worse shape under Scott Parker back then. A very odd season, I think a lot of people would agree with. But it's, again, it's one of those games where we'll have to wait and see what happens. And I, I think maybe that's one of the best ways to put it. You can feel confident about these ones. You can feel nervous given the form. But all in all, I think there still has to be a lot of, a lot of positivity and a lot of proof that what Unai Emery is doing, even with the injuries, is beyond impressive and we're just going to have to wait and see. But anyways, I think we'll leave this one at that. We've probably been going on more than long enough for a match preview. So we'll leave it there. And thank you very much to Mr. Sebastian Bacon, who's bashing his head with a water bottle. You can find him on X at Sebastian Bacon 8. You can find Dom Phillip on X at Dom Phillips underscore. I hope I got that right, Dom, because I know you changed your Twitter account or your handle. Um, and of the course, underscore goes first. Sorry. Oh, underscore. Okay. Underscore Dom Phillips. Okay. Honestly, trying to tag you in things is brutal because I forget what the underscore is sometimes. But regardless of that, you can find me on X at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team, Holt Cast Pod. And of course, we'll have more stuff out in the very near future. Uh, again, if you're just listening to this for the first time or you have been listening but aren't subscribed or haven't left a review, subscribe, leave a review. It just makes it easier for other people to find us. We'll leave it there. We should be back post-Fulham. And don't forget, up the villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.